Hey everyone, welcome to the Landlord Association podcast. I'm your host, George Gao. This is a podcast by the landlords and for the landlords in the greater Houston area. We'll discuss tips, strategies, techniques to help our listeners to be more educated and ultimately become more successful rental property owners and investors. Today, we have Larry Wadehofer from Premier Home Inspection to talk about some of the things to watch out for doing a home inspection. Larry has been in the home inspection business since 2013 and has done more than 2,200 inspections. Before that, he was in the real estate business on the construction and remodeling side for more than a decade. Many of our Landlord Association members have been very satisfied with his work and came to rely on his expert advice on potential issues or deal breakers that would have saved us a lot of money and hassle. So this is definitely worth listening, and without any further ado, here's my conversation with Larry Wadehofer. Larry, welcome to the uh, Landlord Association podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really appreciate you coming. I know you um, came to speak at the Landlord Association uh, meetings before, mm-hmm. so really appreciate you uh, taking the time to you know talk, you know, listener about a little more about home inspections. Of course, happy to help. So just to get uh, started, can you just tell us a little bit about how you got started in the business, uh, how long you've been in the business, and you know. Oh yeah, definitely. So I uh, started out in construction handyman work. I uh, did that for about, I guess, uh, I'd say seven or eight years mm-hmm. before that and uh, just kind of transitioned into home inspections. And it was a really good fit because I either basically pretty much every system in the home I'd either repaired or replaced. Uh, so it's a good fit. Instead of fixing it, I just tell you what to fix now. So love it. <laughs> yeah, that's it's good line of business. I mean, um, I mean, what does it take to be a, a, a home inspector in the state of Texas? Does it require uh, testing, licensing? Uh, yes. So you have to do testing, licensing through okay. uh, TREC, Texas Real Estate Commission. They okay. control everything. Uh, there's two ways you can go about getting your license. You can get your real estate inspector license or you can get your professional inspector license. Mm-hmm. I think the pre- professional inspector license is about three times more schoolwork than, uh, any, uh, than the real estate inspector license. But with mm-hmm. that license, you can actually go out on your own immediately. With your real estate state inspector license you have to uh, work under a professional inspector license so I definitely recommend even if you're planning on working uh, under somebody um, which I recommend to every inspector you know when they're first starting at least get you know 500 600 inspections under your belt before you decide to go out on your own Mm -hmm. Um, still I would get that professional inspector license just because it's a better license and you do have that option later to go out on your own yeah Mm -hmm. is that something that uh, an investor or somebody should ask before they're getting um, inspection, I mean, I noticed even with contractors, you can have run into all kinds of issues with getting a contractor, uh, you know, qualify or not. But yeah, definitely. I mean, there are plenty of questions you should ask your home inspector. Um, but yeah. that's definitely going to be one of them. You know, what license do they hold? Yeah. Um, because I mean, the professional inspector license is, you know, it's it's the highest license you can hold for an inspector in Texas. So um, I would definitely go with that. I mean, I do know plenty of inspectors that have the real estate li- uh, inspector license and they're, yeah. they're excellent as well. But, uh, you know, it's still the highest, you know, you can possibly get and see what their, you know, their background is. Uh, make sure there's something in construction yeah. and uh, how long they've been doing it. Always want to ask that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, then, you know, a couple other questions like, you know, what kind of tools do they use? Um, like, you know, infrared cameras, uh, you know, all yeah. kinds of like zip level foundation measurements, um, you know, just see what kind of tools they use and what their process is. Yeah. So speaking of the infrared uh, cameras, what, what, what are they used for and what, you know, what kind of, what do they tell you? 
Um, so infrared camera is kind of like cheating. Yeah. <laughs> you can see basically <laughs> behind the walls. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's not it's it's not going to tell you exactly what's behind the wall. It's going to tell you uh, differences in temperature. But so say there's an active leak behind the wall, it's going to have a difference in temperature. It's going to show up. You know, missing insulation is going to show up. All that good stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's what I use mine for. I don't do you know energy audits or anything like that or standalone uh, thermal inspections. Um, but I use my infrared camera to supplement the normal home inspection. Okay. Gotcha. Um, you, you mentioned you don't do the energy testing. What are the thing, What are the big some of the big things you're covering and you don't cover? Um, you know, most people we talked about a little bit before. You don't cover like you know sewer lines or uh, um, you know. Um, so as far as items covered, I mean, it's a pretty extensive list. Um, it's, you know, everything on the exterior, you know, walls, foundation, structure, interior walls, uh, all your mechanical items, you know, HVAC, water heater, all that good stuff. Uh, but there are items that, uh, you know, Trek inspectors don't uh, generally look at, like mm -hmm. your fence, um, your like outdoor sheds, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, water softener is something I don't inspect. Yeah. Um, I don't inspect septic systems um, right. or wells. I do have a guy that uh, is the license to do that. I actually have my license through not uh, to inspect septic systems, okay. but I just uh, don't do it. It's a crappy job. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do have a guy that can take care of that. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it's a pretty extensive list of things that are inspected. I mean, it's pretty much just yeah. basically any accessible item from the roof to the foundation. Okay. So you mentioned foundation. Foundation is a big issue in Texas. I mean, anywhere you go, you see um, homes, you know, because of our structures and, you know, uh, are built on kind of a clay type of uh, soil. Mm -hmm. um, is that something like people always ask you about? And, and you know, how do you, how do you kind of one of the first things you probably look for is foundation or, or how, yeah, what do you look for in the foundation? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's everybody's biggest fear, you know, yeah. on, and you're exactly right. In Houston, you know, we're on a clay-based soil, so that expands and contracts with the moisture content, and yeah. there's plenty of other factors that come into it, but, yeah, foundation issues are a big problem in Houston, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, uh, yeah. so it's just something you have to monitor. You want to keep that soil at a nice, uh, happy medium. Yeah. You don't want it too soggy, you don't want it too wet, and you don't want it too dry because it can contract, so... Uh, but there are a bunch of factors that go into it, um, but uh, basically, uh, yeah, that's definitely one of the biggest issues we look for. And what you're going to want to look for is, you know, signs of cracking, like if you have exterior brick, uh, yeah. you know, brick veneer, uh, you're going to want to look for stress cracking, uh, always look for cracks in drywall, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Sloping floors are going to be another obvious one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, there are plenty of homes in Houston that uh, you know, have foundation movement, um, but I, my personal home has definitely seen some foundation yeah. movement because I have large pine trees all around. And uh, yeah, it's just a matter of the foundation's designed to move and designed to flex with that. So it's just, you know, mm -hmm. make sure it's within acceptable tolerances. Right. Uh, one of the tools I use is called a zip level. It's a digital measuring system for the foundation. So mm -hmm. I can get a good idea of how much it's moved and flexed and settled over the okay. years. It's a pretty cool tool. It's accurate up to a 10th of an inch, you know, give me differences in elevation. So that's just one of the tools I use, but, uh, yeah, foundation issues are going to be a big, uh, you know, big deal here in Houston. So it's yeah. definitely something you're going to want to monitor. Um, but yeah, just look for those signs. You know, if you see crap, uh, cracks in the slab or cracks in the bricks, then, you know, that can be an indication that you had previous foundation settlement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, are, are houses built on slabs more prone to foundation issues than um, houses built on um, 
Uh, uh, pier and beam? Pier and beam. Um, typically, I see more movement in a pier and beam house. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, typically, I, I do see more movement okay. there. Um, but then again, most pier and beam houses are a little bit on the older side. Right. And uh, yeah, uh, but typically, yeah, I'll see more movement in a pier and beam. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, I, I would think that pier and beam will allow you a little bit more flexibility um, to withstand the the soil movement. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's uh, okay. generally what I see so is more of, pier and beam movement. Um, yeah. But that's the beauty of a pier and beam. Uh, well, at least most of them are pretty easily accessible. So it's actually pretty easy to repair yeah, okay. versus slab on grade. I mean, you have to do, it's uh, pretty labor intensive to repair a slab on grade foundation, but uh, repairing a pier and beam up. is much, much easier. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, typically you see, um, you know, somebody putting like eight, ten, Mm-hmm. Piers and all around the house. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. It's, it's pretty, uh, yeah, like you said, you got to dig holes and it's not, mm-hmm. a, it's not an easy job. <laughs> no, it's definitely um, labor intensive for sure. But then uh, also, I guess it depends on which side of the house is on. If it's on the ho- side of the house where you have a lot of the kitchen and plumbing uh, conduits underneath it, mm-hmm. versus on the front of the house where if it's sloping a little bit more, sloping, I mean, I guess a little bit depend impact can be different, right? Definitely. So yeah. say like you know you have movement at the garage. There's not going to be anything in the slab yeah. um, that's going to move and crack. And especially with older homes with older plumbing, yeah. uh, with cast iron plumbing, I mean that stuff's just insanely prone to damage. So mm-hmm. if you have foundation movement, I mean even if the piping didn't crack uh, during the initial movement, when you repair it, it can actually crack mm-hmm. and be damaged during the repairs. Um, so that's definitely something to look out for. If I see any kind of uh, you know ex- uh, excessive movement or previous repairs, you know, always make a note in the report, you know, you might want to have this further evaluated. Because, you know, as far as home inspectors, we definitely check out everything we possibly can. But, you know, underneath the slab, that's, you know, going to be one area that unfortunately we can't check out. So uh, usually a good idea, especially with older homes with that yeah. cast iron plumbing to have, you know, a plumber come out, run a camera through it and make sure there's no hidden damage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Now it's a, uh... It's the first thing on people's mind when they buy, <laughs> buy a property in, in Texas. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and in, in uh, you know, and recently we had Harvey coming through here, uh, which is kind of a you know impacted millions of homes in, in this area. Uh, I mean, do you go? With, do you what kind of things do you look for in a, in a home that's been flooded? Or I mean, um, I don't, people have remediated and they fix it up and. Uh, can you tell from if you have if you've been to go go through a house where uh, if you know it's flooded before do you go through a little more finer tooth comb? Um, yes, and I mean I pretty much so many homes flooded in the area. Yeah. You know I'll pretty much check every home to see if there's any kind of you know signs of yeah. previous flooding or previous remediation. Uh, it's pretty hard to hide. I mean unless you completely redo the drywall. I mean there's always going to be a seam. There's always going to be differences in texture. Um, because I mean, you, there's, you can't just match that perfectly. So yeah. there's usually, you know, indications that there has been previous flooding. So usually it's pretty easy to tell. Um, and now after Harvey, yeah, pretty much inspect every single home the same because you don't know if it flooded or not because so many homes around here flooded, but it's definitely something to look out for. And especially, I mean, there was just so many contractors coming in and just yeah. doing sh- poor work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. It's, it's definitely something to look out for. I've actually caught a few of them that, uh, they, did replace the drywall, but uh, with the, when I ran the thermal camera through it, uh, they just forgot to put insulation back in the walls. No. So yeah, I've caught the two of those actually. <laughs> so just stuff to look out for. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a big deal. Yeah. Um, and 
I know you work with some on the on commercial side too. So on the uh, on the commercial side, do you go in, do you do apartments and kind of small multifamilies too? Um, just uh, residential. Residential. Um, yeah, okay. just uh, basically you know for, four family. Uh, okay. You know, yeah. Four units is uh, is about it. Um, okay. Yeah. Try and stay away from the commercial side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, is there any differences when you look at look at the, from like a fourplex or, or triplex versus a single family? Um, I mean, as far as inspecting, I mean, it's there are some uh, you know differences. Uh, you know, you have to have yeah. you know the you know, certain code related items that uh, you know are uh, required for multifamily and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But generally, it's about the same. It's just you know four little houses, <laughs> it's yeah. just four kitchens, you know, uh, all that. So I mean, it's usually it's, it's generally about the same inspection. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's a little easier if it's under the same roof. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, one of the things that uh, you know, when I get an inspection report, and I, you just sent me one not too long ago. Mm -hmm. You know, you see uh, lots of pictures, and there's a lot of things. There's you know, issues and things, deficiencies going in the property. Um, is there anything that um, in investors or homeowners should focus on when they first get an inspection report? Um, you know, sure, so just read the whole thing from from cover to cover. You know. What, what kind of things they should look out for? Uh, you're mainly going to want to focus on the safety issues yeah. and then the big ticket items. Um, so, you know, any kind of safety issues, you know, as small as, you know, missing smoke detectors uh, to, you know, displaced vents on a water heater. You know, you just uh, mm. definitely that's, you know, going to be the first thing to tackle because, I mean, it's a safety issue. It's something that needs to be corrected. And then uh, another thing you're going to want to look out for is your big ticket items. Uh, the three big ticket items are going to be your foundation, your roof, and your HVAC. Um, so take a, you know, a good look at those. If there's any significant issues, you know, I would definitely have a, you know, a contractor come out, uh, either a foundation company, a roof guy, or HVAC guy, yeah. give you some quotes, all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, those are going to be your two biggest items, uh, two biggest concerns. Um, there's usually generally a lot of maintenance-related uh, items on the report and you know usually you can you know look past those you know just weekend projects over the uh, you know over the next coming weeks yeah. after you move in but uh, yeah that's gonna be the major issues the safety and uh, big ticket items okay speaking of roofing what are the two or three major types of roofing and how do they kind of differ in uh, how they age and how long they they last well the most prevalent around here is going to be uh, composition shingle um, so I'd say honestly probably 90% of the roofs I inspect are going to be composition shingle and there's a bunch of different types um, there's uh, you can go you know lower grade it's three tab uh, they call them three tab 20 year shingles they never last the full 20 years. <laughs> not in Texas either. No, no, yeah. definitely not. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they have different, like, architectural shingles. They have different grades of them. They, are, they can yeah. be 25, 30, and I've even seen 40-year shingles. So yeah. those are going to be the most prevalent. And then, you know, you have your metal roof coverings, all that good stuff. Um, and then every once in a while, you'll get, you know, a clay tile or something okay. like that. And, yeah. you know, those... Those are pretty extensive. I mean, they can last 40 to 50 years, which is pretty impressive. They're insanely expensive to uh, replace, yeah. but uh, I mean, they're, that's that's a pretty decent roof covering. But I mean, 90% of the homes here in Houston are going to be composition shingle. Right, right. I mean, I guess the clay ones, I mean, I've seen some on the, on the uh, more upscale homes. Mm -hmm. um, is it just they're fragile, but they're, I guess once you put them on there, 
I mean, you just you don't have to worry about them. Yeah, um, basically. I mean, yeah. if you have large limb fall, you know, it's going to get cracked and damaged. Right. But that's with basically any roof. Yeah. You know, any roof's going to need some, you know, maintenance and repairs. And that's one thing I always recommend to all of my clients is having, uh, you know, your roof uh, checked by a roofer. Um, I know plenty of roofers that charge, you know, $85 to come just do a quick maintenance inspection yeah. and uh, check that. I recommend having that done every two years because, you know, if you can, you know, spend $85 and, you know, have, you know, just the guy come and caulk a few nails uh, and fix a small problem uh, before it com becomes a major problem, you know, you're going to save thousands. I mean, any kind of water penetration that's yeah. left um, and it's unchecked and you don't know about it, uh, that can cause some significant damage. So uh, just maintenance. Uh, roof, any roof's going to need some maintenance though. So Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess the easy way to tell you if you have to start, start staining in, in the, on the ceilings or... You know, you can tell when there's a, you can water, see a water puddle in the fireplace or things like that. Yeah, and definitely. I see that uh, a lot, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> it's all stuff to look out for, you know, joys of home ownership. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it is a big, one of the big items uh, definitely. For, for any kind of property. Definitely. Um, and then, uh, I guess, you know, other thing is like, kind of hardly hard to be related. Uh, you know, when the, when the hurricane comes through here, I mean, a lot of roofs is going to be damaged. What kind of, uh, you know, go through that. Do you, do you work with um, insurance companies and those kind of places where you know some? I guess they go through appraisers and see what kind of um, you know damage are how much it costs to repair the the properties. Uh, can somebody hire you to estimate cost, uh, uh, repair costs and things like that? If they had a whether it's a fire or, or hail damage or hurricane damage, do you do kind of those kind of work? Um, so cost estimates, one thing I don't do. Okay. Um, your best bet is, uh, well, a couple different options. Yeah. Uh, best bet is have a contractor look over the report okay. and uh, you know give you some actual estimates or yep. even have them on site with me um, okay. and uh, you know actually give you some cost estimates. If that's not possible for whatever reason, um, I work with a company uh, or I, Tell everybody, refer everybody to a uh, company called RepairPricer.com, mm -hmm. and they can actually take my report and give you a fairly accurate uh, price estimate. Um, it's usually within about ten percent, really? so it's not a hundred percent. You know, best bet is have mm -hmm. somebody on site, but without somebody actually being on site, that's about as close as you can get. Okay, um, and it's it's not too bad. It's about, uh, if I remember correctly, sixty dollars, um, and they'll take that whole report and give you basically cost estimate. Really? Um, yeah, and without having somebody on site. It's fairly, it's about as accurate as you can get. Yeah. yeah. Is that like a, a, a person going through that report or is it like a machine kind of just like uh, trying to pull things out? And... They do have an algorithm that uh, works uh -huh. through it, but they yeah. double check it. Uh, there is an actual human that double okay. checks it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's pretty good. Is it a Texas-based company or is it more national? Like... Uh, no, it's definitely more national. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, I've, I've seen plenty of reports from them and they're okay. fairly accurate. You know, they're taking not... kind of local price. I mean, I guess... Cause mm -hmm. I guess drywall is kind of same price. There's differences in, in yeah. different parts of the country, but yeah, yeah, yeah. like here versus California, you're gonna right. get some significant price differences. But yeah, they take the average oh. cost, and okay. uh, yeah, that's uh, like I said, you know, best bet is definitely have somebody on site. But right. without, if for whatever reason you can't do that, that's probably your next best bet. And it's not 100% accurate, but it's as close as you're gonna get without somebody, you know, contractor on site. Right. Okay, that's good to know. I didn't know that. Um, and then. You know, a lot of our listeners are, are uh, investors mm -hmm. um, versus uh, home buyers. Do, do you uh, look at investor uh, buying properties any differently than where is a homeowner going to look at buying a property? 
Um, well, I mean, I guess, you know, just, I guess, you know, for explain that, when it's tenant-based, mm -hmm. uh, it maybe it's a little harder to inspect sometimes. You gotta go into it, somebody who was already living there and uh, not, <laughs> not saying <laughs> I had any previous experience with that, uh, and, you know, with that before, but um, what's the, some things that kind of, you know, the difference between the uh, tenant-occupied versus a um, homeowner? So generally about this, I mean, it's it's going to be the exact same inspection. Mm. Uh, you know, might discuss things a little bit differently because, yeah. you know, a, a general home buyer is going to, you know, be a lot more emotional about it. Yeah. Investors just going to see the numbers. So the way I discuss things may be a little different. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, you know, we talk about more potential liability and stuff yeah. like that, like, you know, mm. missing smoke detectors and stuff like that. Uh, mm. Stuff that, you know, might be a liability to the landlord. Right. Um, talk about that. But as far as the actual inspection and items inspected, yeah. it's basically the exact same. Okay. Um, and then, I know, I mean, I heard of stories where, um, if, I mean, if you buy a home, uh, buy a home from HUD or from uh, for bank foreclosure, sometimes a tenant don't even let you uh, go in there to inspect it. Mm -hmm. um, what can somebody do in that case if they don't even let an inspector go in there? Um, unfortunately, there's not too much I can do. You know, right. just uh, just to respect their wishes. If they tell you to get on out, uh, you kind of <laughs> you kind of gotta listen to them. Um, you know, maybe we'll make other arrangements. Uh, you know, talk with the uh, seller, the owner, and uh, you know, maybe have them with us uh, next time, and uh, right. you know, just go back out there and do uh, you know, just do the inspection again. So yeah. usually make it work though. Yeah, I guess, uh, for, you know, if really it's a, it's a situation where the seller didn't let you in, I guess you just kind of take those kind of costs and take worst case scenario and kind of put in your budget and just assume you got to, you know, put in twenty, thirty thousand 30000 to replace the big, big items and make yeah. sure your numbers still work. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, if it's not, if you can't actually check it out, it's a fairly big risk yeah. you're taking. Um, but generally, I mean, there have been very few times where I have, you know, any kind of significant problems. Usually you get in just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is probably, you've probably seen a lot of, I mean, how many inspections have you done, you say, uh, since you were? Oh, I think it last counts like 2,200 or something like that. Right. Yeah. Oh, man, that's that's a lot of uh, property to inspect. <laughs> yeah. Um, you see any, like, hoarders and what are, the, what are some of the really bad property scene oh uh, yeah hoarders i've definitely done a few of those it was actually for an investor and uh oh. i called him and i was like hey i can't see any of the interior i mean they had uh just probably stuff packed about four feet high all throughout and yeah. there was just walkways to different areas like a walkway to the bedroom a walkway to the bathroom a walkway to the kitchen yeah. that was like maybe a foot and a half wide and the rest was just covered with stuff. I was like, I can't see the majority of this house. You want me to continue? He's like, yeah, go for it. Uh, so, I mean, that was pretty bad, but yeah, hoarder houses are actually pretty rare. I've done some pretty bad houses though, some horror stories. I did one uh, in particular that's coming to mind that was a brand new home, believe it or not. Okay. Um, it was selling for $129,000 mm -hmm. and it needed $100,000 worth of repairs. Wow. Yeah, absolutely blew my mind. That is that is yeah. something. I mean, the roof was so poorly installed, it you know it needed to be replaced. The yeah. foundation had already settled. I believe it was, I measured it with the zip levels, 2.6 inches. I mean, that's 
pretty significant. It, yeah. In that, any home, especially. Difference in the, yeah, the, yeah. The difference close. in elevation, yeah. 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 And uh, the builder showed up towards the end, and uh, there was a pretty decent crack. It was exposed uh, slab, you know, just uh, stained concrete. Yeah. Uh, so you could actually see the slab, and you could see a crack going right down the middle. And the reason it was settling is because uh, it was the road was about six feet higher mm. than the house, and there was a walkway on the right and a driveway on the left. It was just channeling all this water right towards the house, Ooh. and there was no drainage whatsoever. So I mean, mm. it was just settling right into the ground, and there was a large crack way right down the middle of the house on a yeah. brand new home. And I asked the builder about it. He was like, oh. It's not a big deal. Okay. I mean, just I mean, it did yeah. not end there. I mean, it was just right. awful. The electrical, I am pretty sure, was installed by a toddler. Right. I mean, it was just yeah. awful. It was easy, hundred thousand dollars worth of repairs, and it's right. definitely not an inspector's job to tell anybody, you know, whether they should buy the home or not. But yeah. that's one of three instances in my career where I've had to kind of step in. It's like in no way, shape, or form should you buy this house. Right. Oh man. I mean, it was un. Unbelievable how bad it was. Yeah, so, yeah. See those every reasons. once in a while, and then on the other end, I've done a home that was built in 1900. So at the mm -hmm. time, it was 118 years old. It was basically flawless. Oh, yeah. So Jeez. you never know. Yeah, that's why you I love this it. job. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right off 45, it was a really nice house. I mean, it had just been rehabbed, but I yeah. mean, it was basically flawless. Right. Yeah. Hey. Which is pretty impressive for a 118 year old home. Yeah. Still. But it's never a bad idea to have somebody like you to run through it and make sure you ch check the, you know, uh, everything, all the different details and make sure, you know, everything is up to, uh, up to code and all that stuff. So definitely, yeah. Give you the peace yeah. of mind. Definitely, uh, yeah. But that guy who walked away from the $100,000 repair got his money worth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd say so. I mean, it was, that was, uh, that was pretty rough. I mean, the builder showed up and, I did get it out of the builder's assistant. It was only the second home this guy's ever built. So okay. he just, I think he watched a couple YouTube videos. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and now you can, uh, you know, buy a kit from uh, Amazon. Yeah, or I've seen I guess that. Sears used to sell it a long time ago, but Amazon's getting into the game too, and they can I've seen that. Yeah. sell all the parts and tools. And or yeah, and, I haven't inspected one yet, but uh, but it'd be pretty interesting. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you inspected any like those small homes? Uh, no, never uh, have actually. Okay. Yeah, the tiny homes or yeah, whatever they're called. Yeah, uh, no, I haven't. Built on a little trailer or? Yeah, no, no, I haven't. I mean, it would be an interesting inspect. It'd be a quick one. It <laughs> 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 would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's guess you know, whatever uh, most people boast now nowadays, it's uh, yeah. a lot of different options. You can build really big homes or you can build really small homes. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty cool. I mean, I've seen them online, never seen one in person, but they look pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is this is great. Um, so in, in terms of Houston, what uh, geographic area do you cover? Do you go all the way to, you know, College Station or? Uh, um, I mean, it's or, a pretty broad area. Yeah. Um, I work basically everything from Livingston to Galveston, Baytown okay. to Katy. So pretty much wherever you need me, you know, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And, uh, and where are you based out of? Yeah. Conroe. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a pretty uh, uh, central location. I mean, just in terms yeah. of east and west. Yeah, it uh, definitely is. Yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. It's uh, definitely blowing up out there. It's uh, actually keep hearing it's the one of the fastest growing cities in the nation right now yes it is yeah, yeah. i heard about that too yeah it's pretty yeah. cool yeah it's a lot going on yeah I mean, between a lot the of buildings and springs and all that area mm -hmm. it's uh, uh it's fascinating yeah uh, i mean k's been growing too but i mean i think i think north of uh houston's been just taken off yeah yeah you're right katie's growing like crazy too yeah <laughs> it's yeah, nuts out here and job security i like it <laughs> <laughs> that's right and um 
so how does an um, inspection company usually, uh, in terms of uh, uh, estimating a fee, mm -hmm. do you guys charge by square feet? Do you guys charge by how many levels, how many levels it is, or uh, how does that work? So it's, uh, there are you know, several factors, but uh, the two main factors are going to be uh, square footage and age. You know, if okay. it's a bigger house, you know, obviously it's going to take more time, so you know, charge a little bit more. And then age, you know, if it's an older house, say built in the 60s, it's going to take a lot more time versus you know, yeah. a 5, 10-year-old home. Gotcha. So those are going to be the two main factors. And then there's some, several other things that come into play, like if it's a pier and beam and you know, I'm gonna, it's a pier and beam, I have to get under the house, yeah. there's going to be an extra charge for that if there's gotcha. multiple buildings so there are a couple factors that go into play but yeah average fee is probably going to be uh, somewhere between 400 to 450 gotcha okay um great that's all the questions i have is there anything you want to talk about anything i forgot to mention um let's see um yeah there is actually one thing um so i try to you know educate every single client I have and especially like investors um, you know if you're a new investor and you don't know too much about the home you yep. definitely should you know meet the inspector at the job site I mean Absolutely. you definitely want to uh, you know buy a Tell every client, yeah. uh, you welcome to follow me around. I'll be able to show you every little detail about this home, and that will, you know, kind of educate you. And um, even if you're, you know, looking at homes and you see signs of, you know, foundation issues like, you yeah. know, the cracks and stuff like that, you know, you see some deal breakers, then there's no point in spending money on a home inspection that you already know has deal breakers. So it's really good to, you know, follow the inspector around and, you know, educate yourself about the home. Um, so yeah, that's that's something I definitely recommend. Yeah, no, I made plenty of that mistakes before, <laughs> um, but I highly recommend it. I, you know, I think you, um, you know, you, and then all times different properties too. You never know. I mean, if you've been through 100, 200 houses, of course, you maybe you might have known this, but you know, mm -hmm. there's so many different types of houses. You, you always learn something uh, until you walk through it with uh, somebody. Oh yeah, who knows who does his own. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, even us as inspectors, I mean, there none of us know everything about every home. I mean, we're constantly learning. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, there's nobody on earth that knows everything about the home. So, I mean, the more you learn, the, the better it is. And the more you can educate yourself, the better. So, yeah, definitely follow me around. I mean, yeah. I'm more than happy to. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, there's no point in spending, you know, $400 on a home inspection if you can see, you know, there's huge foundation issues or plumbing issues or something like that so yeah. it's definitely good to educate yourself absolutely yeah. absolutely do, do the the real does uh track make you take ce classes for, mm -hmm. for inspectors too yeah definitely okay. yeah um i believe it's 32 hours every uh two years, two years. Mm -hmm. oh pretty similar to uh realtors yeah, yeah yeah exactly okay yeah so i think realtor they make you take the the legal one legal two and then some electives whatever you want like mm -hmm. 10 hours electives yeah yeah same yeah. with us yeah okay mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's pretty easy, you know. Yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, I could like to collect certifications anyway. Like I said, I have my not certification to inspect septic systems. Yeah. Like I said, I definitely don't do it, but, uh, yeah, I just like to collect every, you know, little one I can, you know, I know as much about the building as possible, so. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming in and talking to us today. Yeah, no problem. Uh, thank you for having me. Okay. This is the last segment. Okay. Um, so, a lot of investors, I mean, it's um, just, you know, they do it for six months a year and then they, you know, they, for whatever reason they stop or they, they can't keep going. Um, you know, what, what are you seeing some of the successful investors that do um, that keep them going and become successful? 
definitely the education, you know, yeah. know about the house, know what you're getting into, know what the inspection report means, um, all that good stuff, and kind of don't be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the successful investors, you know, they, they buy some, you know, homes, but it's, it's all about the money, you know, some... There are plenty of homes I've inspected that I'm like, whoa, this thing is rough. But yeah. they turn around and make a profit because it's all about the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, I think one of the things I like about real estate is you can always fix something. Something can always be prepared. I mean, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, uh, numbers make sense or not. Yeah. You know? No, that's exactly it. It's all about the numbers. Okay. And what keeps you motivated uh, about the home inspection business or just, you know, growing the business and, I kind of, I mean, I just love doing it. I love, you know, I love this job. It's something new every single day. I mean, there's no such thing as the exact same home. It's always a challenge. Um, I've actually done the exact same floor plan from the exact same builder, two streets apart. Mm -hmm. They were due to close within the same week, so it was a brand new home. But like I said, exact same floor plan, mm -hmm. completely different inspections. Because, mm. um, you know, different things get missed on different homes. Um, so right. it's the worst case of deja vu I've ever had. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, that's why. I love it. It's never the same. Never the same. Even if it's the exact same floor plan, you know, it's never the same. That's that's why I love it. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, I love the people too. I mean, it's you know, I've never met a client that wasn't happy to see me because you know, you tell them everything they need to know about the home. Okay. So everybody's yeah. always really happy to see me, and I, I love you know helping people, especially you know investors and first time home buyers. You yeah. know, educate them, um, let them know everything they need to know about the house. So I mean, I just absolutely love doing this. Okay, sounds good. And I know, I mean, just meeting some builders, um, they do miss a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, it's always uh, good to have years to the ground. And uh, after a while, you kind of know which builders um, do good or not. Uh, but it never hurts to uh, kind of just get everything double checked. Uh, right. Because, yeah. I mean, it's still at the end of the day, you know, humans are building it. And we're yeah. not perfect. So That's right. things get missed. Um, you know, generally. If it's outside the city limits and you know there's no code inspectors, I definitely get an inspection. Mm -hmm. But generally, you know, if there's it's inside the city limits, there's not too much that's going wrong. Now, there's no such thing as the perfect home, yep. and I've never found less than ten deficiencies on any brand new home. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, most of the builders nowadays, um, I can think of a few that uh, not so great, but most of the builders out there do a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah. We won't mention any names here. But no, definitely not. Call Larry if you want more information. <laughs> Okay, here comes the last segment called the fun segment, and uh, it's really tough questions. <laughs> okay. Hope you're ready. Shoot. So, what are some of your hobbies, and what do you do for fun? Um, let's see. Boating, I guess, would be okay. a big, uh, biggest hobby, yeah. Um, I didn't really think of anything else, because once you buy a boat, that's about the only hobby you can afford. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, definitely not a cheap hobby. Yeah, no, no. I love it, though. Oh, it's a love-hate yeah. thing. You go to Lake, Lake Houston or you go to Lake Conroe? Uh, Galveston, actually. Galveston. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. You yeah. go on the open waters and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, when it's running. Yeah. Right. <laughs> do, you, do you just do a lot of fishing or... Uh, uh, every once in a while, okay. but uh, mostly just go out and kind of cruise. It's yeah. kind of you know my happy place. Go out, relax. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fun. Get a little sun. Nice. And uh, do you like to, do you any any favorite books you recently read or um, any blogs? Let's see. So I mean, I haven't read. I do so much driving. I yeah. do a lot better with uh, audiobooks. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay. Just you know, because 
that kills time, and yeah. I love it. Um, let's see, last book I read, oh, what was it? Oh, your um, book's fine. I think Brief Answers to the Big Questions okay. by Stephen Hawking. Oh. Um, yeah, it was just kind of a compilation of you know different works he's done, and I think uh, you know a couple of his uh, colleagues after he passed, you know, put this book together, and it's actually really interesting. I mean, it's kind of mind-boggling, you know, what's what's out there. So you know, the universe so expansive. It's, yeah. It's, it's a pretty interesting book, yeah. Makes you question your existence. Really, it does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kinda, I like it, you know, it kind of right. keeps you grounded, you know, because, I mean, as big as the universe is, your problems are pretty small, so it's it's pretty cool. I like it's that. It's true, yeah. yeah. Sometimes we start thinking about all the other, you know, things going on in this world, it's like, wow, yeah. Like, yeah, your problems are kind of small. Yeah, so. yeah, I like that, yeah. <laughs> um, any favorite restaurants in Houston? Um, I gotta say, Probably Cheesecake Factory is my absolute oh, favorite. Yeah, nice. I like the classic uh, you know, encyclopedia uh, yeah. menu. That's right. There's like 52 <laughs> pages on there, but uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. Yeah, the cheesecakes. Uh, yeah, probably not good for me, but uh, yeah, the yeah. portion size doesn't. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be on the no. Yeah. So, um, and you mentioned you don't follow any sports teams. Uh, I do not actually. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> Believe it or not, yeah, yeah I know. It's, it definitely saves some time. <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, so last question. How do people find out more about you, Larry? Uh, oh, well, I mean, you're welcome to give me a call anytime. Yeah. I mean, call the office, 832-447-4444. Or if you want to visit my website, it's the-houston-home-inspector.com. So. Awesome. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate the time. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. We would like to thank Larry for joining us today and telling us more about the home inspection process. If you want to learn more about Larry and Premier Home Inspection, please visit them at www.the-houston-home-inspector.com. We would also like to thank bandsound.com for providing awesome music. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash landlord association and leave us a comment. If you like the show and find the content helpful, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Stitchers, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It would be really helpful to us to spread the word, and we very much appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and see you on the next episode.